podcast you are about to listen to contains at least one of the following. Strong language, disturbing topics, abusive opinions, generally things that aren't appropriate for little kids or overly sensitive people. So if any of that stuff's going to get your nose out of joint, this is your chance to turn it off. Welcome to I Had to Say It, the podcast where I not only say the things I need to say, but the things I think you need to hear. And your feelings, they're not a factor. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Had to Say It. We're going to start out the episode as we do now by saying, Josh, Jake, B-Word, Iceman, Jason, Miss Aaron, Mike, Tabby, Javier, Fitz, McShane, El Jefe, Grimm, and El Devlin, thank you all for your support. I appreciate it. It means very much to me. I consider you my friends, my cohorts, my wonderful people that I just adore. If you would like to also be a wonderful people that I adore or just want to support the show in some sort of way, shape, or form, you can go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, click on the monetary link, and there are all kinds of ways to support me. It'll take you to the Patreon. It'll take you to buy me a coffee. It can take you to, um, that's it, really. That's the only two ways you can support the show, Patreon, buy me a coffee, or just by listening, you know, leaving a review, all that good shit. All the stuff that gets said in the outro that nobody probably listens to. I really need to update that, don't I? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I digress. That's uh, that's the uh, supporter shout-out portion of the show. And for the next piece of housekeeping, we're going to address the uh, upcoming uh, giveaway drawing that we are doing. Uh, as it stands right now, the Free Feeds listeners have five submissions for the raffle, which is a number that will make me comfortable going forward with it. And the Patreon submissions is still the same number of Patreons or supporters or whatever. They're not all Patreons. Some of them are buying me a coffee, but I digress. Point is, if you really want to know how many people are entered in that right now, go back and count the number of names I said. And that'll give you a chance to figure out where the odds are on that. And as just a friendly reminder, the supporter gift card will be a bigger number. So if you want to get in on that bigger number, you still got a week to sign up for the uh, supporter tier. So anyway, to get into the uh, meat and potatoes of the episode, I mean, I'm sure you guys love the little updates about the raffle because it's just at the forefront of everybody's mind, obviously. It's at the forefront of mind, or I wouldn't still be talking about it all the time. But ultimately, here's the thing. Um, There's a lot of other shit going on in the world, and as I've said repeatedly, there are a lot of other people out there talking about all this stuff. There are people out there that are better researched. There are people out there that are better organized. There are people out there who I have recommended you go listen to uh, that are going to give you more research, more details, more data. And I really encourage everyone to go out there and to get that information, get the data, get the details, formulate your own opinions, use your fucking brain. Treat it like the muscle that it actually is and give it some exercise. Do Engage in some critical thinking. Don't just accept something because I say it. Don't just accept something because someone else says it. Don't just accept something because you saw it on TV or on the news or on a social media feed or anything like that. We need to get back to exercising our brains, which is my lead into the first thing I really want to talk about at this point. And it's kind of one of those canary in the coal mine situations. Now, I have spoken at length over the years about how I feel like the Department of Education is an utterly fucking useless, bloated corporate entity that masquerading as a government job that basically ensures people that are unqualified to be guiding and shaping young minds are setting all the standards for for what we are teaching our children. And the public education system and the collegiate system at this point are less about educating and 
training and teaching thought processes and teaching people how to think than it is about indoctrination and control. To some people, that may seem like a conspiratorial approach to looking at things, and to other people, it's just fucking common sense. Now, which side of the fence you fall on, that's totally up to you. Uh, In a move that just speaks to how fucking useless the system actually is, Oregon's governor decided to drop high school essential skill requirements. Now, that may sound kind of simplistic, but let me say it like you have to have things explained to you in Cran. Not that I assume most of my listeners do, but I'm always hoping this is somebody's first episode, maybe somebody that needs to be brought gently into the fold of being a critical thinker and uh, analyzing things and thinking for them fucking selves. So here's what the governor of Oregon is doing. They're removing requirements for proficiency to read, write, and do math. You know, reading, writing, arithmetic, the three hours from the nursery rhyme from when all the Gen Xers were kids. Um, Yeah, they're saying none of that stuff is required to graduate from high school anymore. And in a justification that can only come from the minds of the extremely baffling, confusing, leftist, wackadoo justification for why something's being done, and what is ultimately an extremely racist stance that they somehow think is them being the opposite of racist, they're saying it's because these skills are being done in the name of racial equity because so many minority students are unable to pass these tests. So what they're functionally saying is they're removing the standardized testing requirements for graduation because it the minority students and are not able to pass these tests and it's not fair to them. They're doing this in the name of equity apparently because they seem to think that not requiring people to work up to a passing standard is somehow more fair. And the thing is, when I started looking into this, I found out that it's not just an Oregon thing. There are actually 17 states that that don't have course requirements to graduate, that don't require standardized tests. And Now, I'm not a big fan of standardized tests either, because all you need to pass a standardized test is an ability to regurgitate information, to be a good little drone, to spit back what was taught to you because the teachers know what's going to be on the test and all you have to do is repeat that information back to them. It works to an extent, but at least that way you're verifying that something is sticking, that something is taking hold, that's actually fucking useful. And when your only requirement to graduate is not that you actually possess a a core skill set, when you have an open graduation where it's well, you just have to make sure you've passed 24 credit hours or 24 classes or whatever whatever metric they're using for that particular school system. That could mean you took 23 hours of gym, 23 credit classes of gym. And sure, you might be in great fucking shape, but if you can't write your own name or tie your own fucking shoes, you're you're going to you're going to be pretty fucking useless in the real world. And That's the issue I have with that. And like I said, when I started looking into it and finding out how common this is, how much, how many states don't have a requirement that you have to be able to do certain things functionally to graduate from high school, from the most basic level of training for anything, really. I mean, I granted, I think most school curriculums are fucking stupid anyway. They've gotten way too politicized. They've gotten way too, uh, too much a case of indoctrination over education. Like I said, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of 
public school systems without school choice being attached to it. I'm a big fan of school choice. I'm a big fan of homeschooling because you can actually teach your kids to be independent thinkers, actually how to think and that they have the capacity to think. It's a much better system than creating people that can just blindly churn back certain datum to pass a standardized test. So, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of standardized tests either, but I do think being able to read and write should be mandatory benchmarks. It's not a very high fucking bar to set that you be able to read and write to pass a test. That it should be part of passing your classes. That's how you should be able to accomplish your 24 credit hours or whatever your school district is looking for, for you to be able to graduate. You should be able to write. You should be able to read and comprehend. Being able to do these things, it's not racist. It's not phobic. It's not whatever else these ultra-liberal fucksticks who are just contributing so hard to the downfall of our society in the, in the West here uh, through their compassion and empathy, at least that's how they see it, while they are hamstringing the entire country. And I don't mean to constantly rail on the left, but it's just that's where all the very vocal dumb shit is coming from these days. It's pathetic. I really don't understand it. And they're the ones that are saying, oh, well, we need the Board of Education and these school choice vouchers are ruining my 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 chances for the future and blah, 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 blah. But instead, they're encouraging a system that's giving us a population that is unfit to think for itself, to handle itself. And it explains the massive increase in dependency on the government, because that's realistically what that side of the aisle wants. Well, actually... I think both sides, you know, the whole uniparty thing, they're they're all really kind of pro the government making everybody's decisions and doing all their thinking for them, which is why both sides seem to be perfectly fine with maintaining this, this status quo on this situation and letting a bunch of dumb motherfuckers churn out, breed, and produce more dumb motherfuckers who are more worried about getting the new iPhone whatever and becoming TikTok famous for being stupid and doing nothing. And it is what it is. And speaking of things that are unfit for this country, that brings me to the next thing I came across. A article from Zero Hedge came out saying that there is another case of something that is unfit. It is the U.S. military. They are unfit to fight, according to current standards. Now, this is a big issue because it's kind of looking like there is going to be some fighting going on. We've got Sleepy Joe kind of sleepwalking us into World War III with the Palestinian-Israel conflict that's going on. They're still trying to ship billions of dollars over to Ukraine to be washed, rinsed, and sent back through the military-industrial complex to the pockets of the politicians and to the pockets of the people that you know are really running things from the shadows here. And there was a time where I would have said that was conspiratorial bullshit, but the fact that Biden went to Congress and said, yes, we need to give money to Israel to help defend them from Hamas, we need $105 billion in aid. And yeah, out of that $105 billion, $14.3 billion is aid for Israel. $61.4 billion is aid to the Ukraine. You know, the place we decided we are tired of sending our money to and that got Kevin McCarthy kicked out of the fucking office because the C- Congress refused to pass a spending bill that had any more money attached to it for Ukraine. Yeah. Biden uses the opportunity of a terrorist attack and a bird-growing Middle Eastern war to get another $61 billion fucking dollars for his little pet dictator in Ukraine. And if you are doing better than the Oregon students and you have some math skills, you will realize 
61 point, what was it, 61.4 and 14.3 is still not $105 billion. Another $10 billion in humanitarian assistance to go to Ukraine, Israel, Gaza, and other humanitarian needs, including support for Palestinian refugees in the West Bank. $850 million for migration and refugee assistance at the U.S.-Mexico border. Now, notice how that's not border control. It's migration and refugee assistance. We'll come back and touch on that one in a minute. $7.4 billion for Taiwan and the Indo-Pacific region. Yeah, China's getting frisky. Taiwan's in a, in a weird place. We've got carrier groups that they've pulled out of the Chinese Sea to move over to the Gulf Coast. And it's, yeah, yeah it's a hot mess. And then another $13.6 billion to address security at the U.S.-Mexico border. And like I said, we're going to come back to the uh, the U.S.-Mexico border thing in a minute here. But yeah, to focus on the current thing. So it's looking like there's a lot going on. Biden wants more money. Of course, that's a huge shock to anyone, I'm sure. And again, using it to tout, oh, we need to take care of Russia, Russia bad. Now, the fact that he wants more money for Ukraine in this bill than everything else put together is severely fucking frustrating because it's like nobody's even telling his handlers that we're not playing that fucking game anymore. And he's just kind of stumping along, doing what he's supposed to do, keeping keeping the people that keep his pudding and his ice cream on, on tap happy, I guess. But, like I said, so we've got a report that the U.S. military is unfit for service, according to the standards that should be held in place. So this article from Zero Hedge, which is a great source, I recommend you sign up, go get their newsletter. There's a lot of reporting in there that's good, and it's, a lot of it's turned out to be true. I mean, some people say it's not real journalism, but I think it's better and less biased than most of the shit you'll find in any of the mainstream outlets. So, yeah, that's my little uh, statement there. Go check out Zero Hedge. They, they're they a good source. They're, I mean, they're not always unbiased. There's definitely some some tilt in a lot of their articles, but you're going to get a lot more raw reporting through them, and they cite their sources, they do their homework. And anyway, in this article that came out today, uh, 68% of the U.S. servicemen members are obese or overweight. The uh, proportion of obese members has, in the last 10 years, has gone from 10.4% to 21.6%. So it's a little over double the rate that it was. And, you know, some of it's a little, makes a little more sense when you look at certain things, like uh, enlisted men versus officer ratio. Oddly enough, the enlisted men are a little fatter, so the officers are keeping themselves in better shape, but the officers are, as a general rule, a little bit more of the older school, been in the service longer. You don't get to be an officer as soon as you walk in and as soon as you sign that fucking paper. So it makes sense that the officers are probably maintaining their health a little bit better, plus they have a lot of the officers probably maintain that mentality of they have to be able to do everything they tell their troops to do and then some because otherwise they're not going to have the respect of their troops, although I think respect is probably not nearly as abundant in the military as it used to be, and I'll touch on that in a minute or so. But uh, in the other stats, the things that make sense, obese BMI by military service, uh, the Marines have the lowest percentage to the shock of probably nobody who knows anything about the U.S. Armed Forces. The Marines are coming in lean at like just under 9%. So... You're going to have a few people that uh, the BMI index, I always think, is not necessarily great either because actually doing like body fat measurements and body density tests, the BMI index is not necessarily the most accurate way to measure these things. Like 
for my weight, I probably could be a lot fatter than I am. I've seen plenty of pictures of people who are roughly my height, who are around my weight or way less than me that are physically appear a lot fatter than I am. I have very dense bones. I have muscle underneath all the all the squish. That weighs more than fat does. So me weighing 350 pounds and somebody else weighing 350 pounds that's the same height as me, they could look much, much fatter than me because they're not as dense as I am. So BMI is a very, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's more of a ballpark. It's, it's not laser focused. But yeah, so the Marines are coming in at just under 9% of the Marines qualify as obese. And I'm actually surprised it's that high. But, you know, you get some of those guys and you look at them and they look like they fucking eat dumbbells. You know, they look like their breakfast is is 40 pound, 45 pound plates. And they are just huge motherfuckers that are densely muscled. And they probably have a high BMI because their height to weight ratio isn't accurate. Next up after that is the Army at 18.3%, the Air Force at 18.7%, and then blowing the competition out of the water comes the Navy, the uh, branch most of my family members are in, or were in, at 27.1%. So, yeah, uh, we got to do better, water people. uh, let's, Let's get back into training. And honestly, this is a problem that I only see being compounded further by the weak leadership that our military is currently suffering under. And I'm saying this as someone who empathizes with anyone who wants to serve their country and be a soldier and stand up for the ideals that this country at least used to stand for. Um, Because when you look at who's getting promoted by this administration, it's a fucking joke. It's not the kind of people that inspire, you know, loyalty or any kind of desire to put your, yourself into harm's way for them because there are a lot of fucking degenerates and fucking people willing to do whatever it is to climb that ladder, um, at least in my opinion, because they don't seem like real sincere when you're appointing people based on the fact that, oh, well, you're the first trans whatever, or you're the first this, or you're the first that. Well, no, if that's what it takes for them to get ahead and they're willing to do whatever it takes, and particularly more of the upper level generals, admirals, yada, 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 they are very like they you don't look at a single one of them and it's somebody you want to take fucking seriously now you you add that to the fact that recruitment is down like historical lows for this country where they're talking about reinstating a draft potentially not officially in any standpoint right now but the scuttlebutt's going around it looks like there's a lot of moves being made that may preclude a draft now when you add into that the fact that less than 25% of the american teenager to like 24 year old you know the 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 prime military service age group 17 to 24 less than a quarter of the american youth qualify can they can can qualify both academically and physically because yes there are standards for both to enter the u.s military if you do not if you cannot pass the physicality test you're not you're not accepted if you can't pass the academic portion of the test you're not accepted because they don't want to take anybody. I mean, you have to be at least semi-functionally literate to wield multi-million dollar pieces of equipment or even hundreds of thousands of dollars of pieces of equipment. It's not like they're just giving you a fucking musket with a bayonet on the end and saying, go forth, dumb motherfucker, and stab this, put the pointy end into the other guy. I mean, those days are gone. There are requirements to enter the military. I could see them being uh, put to the side because out of that small shrinking pool that's getting a little worse every year because... The school system's churning out dumber and dumber motherfuckers who are less and less inclined to do physical activity. It's an entire fucking generation. It is a generational issue where 
they're not going out and playing games outside. They're not playing sports. They're not. And the ones that can play sports, that's all they do. And they don't want to go into the military. They want to go do sports and and play sport kickball and make millions of dollars getting endorsements to play sport kickball. At least that's the dream. None of them want to jump in and put their lives on the line for a country that they don't have any fucking belief in anymore because we have become unworthy of that kind of faith and belief. The ideals of this country are still worthy of it, but the execution, the practicality of it, fuck no. And, you know, when you have things like the Navy's digital ambassador, whose entire thing is being a drag queen, that is what this guy got. That's how he got the, I am the Navy's new digital recruiting ambassador, I'm a drag queen. Only qualification, nothing like I'm some elite soldier, not that I'm what this country needs to represent to the world as its outward-facing face. It's because I'm a drag queen and we accept you and you can come here and be a drag queen too. And we're inclusive and we are, yeah, whatever. You know, there's not, there's not a big drive because there's no incentive. The, 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 the youth of this country have seen that the VA and the Veterans Associations, veterans get treated like shit. They don't get nearly what they deserve for what they put themselves through in the name of trying to defend this country. Uh, they get GI Bill aid to get worthless college degrees that can't get them the jobs they think they're going to get them. The uh, pointless wars in their minds, and in my mind too, I don't think any of the wars the U.S. has been involved in in the last 30 years have really been for anything that it was what it was said to be. And what it was pushed as. So, yeah, they're fucking pointless wars. They don't want to go die for other countries. They don't want to die for people who hate them. And then you get things like, you know, they've the COVID mandates is eliminating a whole nother, actually probably eliminating one of the better suited groups of people that want to be soldiers is when you say, well, you have to have all these vaccines to be in the system. Well, no, then fuck you. We're not going to do that either. So. It's really just been a completely misplayed hand by the administration, by by the establishment, by the system, and it's not boding real well for the future of this country should any kind of actual conflict come into play. We have an underprepared, uh, the only thing we have going for us is we're still the best funded military on the fucking planet. Our military spending budget is miles and miles ahead of any other country in the world. I forget the actual statistic, and I'm sure somebody will correct me if I'm wrong on this one, but I believe it was you could take our military budget and, like, the next 14 countries behind us and combine them, and we still spend more. So, yes, we have, theoretically, some of the best-armed, best-funded military in the world. I don't know how much of that equates to, like, being the best-trained anymore. I've Now, I've seen some footage of, like, Chinese military training, and I don't know how true it is, but... Based on what I saw, they got a lot of problems uh, <laughs> when it comes to the the weapons they have in their hands. If they're if they're doing if they're not training how they actually plan on playing, they're they're or if maybe who knows? Maybe this is like a psyop. Maybe it was something that was leaked deliberately. I don't know, but yeah, it, it looked like they have a lot of problems when you know your average Jethro on the fucking field has probably got a better set of hardware than these guys are going to be bringing with. I point being, I don't see a lot of active, actual, like, first-order combat coming to our shores anytime soon. Uh, maybe some other, you know, s- some some uh, other combat issues are going to be popping up, and 
We're going to talk about that one too. Uh, but we're going to do that after this break where we're going to take a little break here. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the other things I'm thinking about in terms of what's on the horizon. Hey everyone, it's Gnome from the Hateful Gnomes Music Hut. I'm here with my good buddy, Jake the Hater, and we're bringing you a bi-weekly music podcast for all your heavy metal needs. Tell them about it, Jake. We are here to have our horns up, and we are staying heavy. That is right. Even B-Word is producing behind the scenes, turning his mic off. But you know what? We are going to give the fans something bigger, badder, and fucking bolder. Tune in bi-weekly, a Spreaker Prime podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Tabby. And we're the Grace Taproom Podcast. Be sure to check out our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash Grace Taproom Podcast, too. There you can find our partnership with Hollowed Sense. Buy us a coffee because we definitely need it. All of our socials, listening platforms, and our merch store. And if you love our show enough, please feel free to subscribe to our Patreon. We have three amazing tiers starting from $3, $5, and $10 with a bunch of great content all over the place. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. Always drink responsibly. You heard her. Do it. Tap room closed. All right, so with that being said, now the last thing I'm going to talk about in this episode, probably, is the fact that the... Okay, so the U.S. government is escalating... Uh, hostilities around the globe as much as they want to say oh no we're not escalating we're responding no we've been put in a position where we no longer project strength we are being tested by people who previously would have not pulled this shit because i mean say what you will about the cheeto dusted bastard but at least when he was in office people were like this motherfucker just might blow us all up they know that this fucking career parasite that is sitting behind control of the button now has more to lose than they do, so he ain't going to do shit that's going to jeopardize his check, that's going to mess with the status quo, that's going to stop things from going the path they've already been going. I mean, even if you don't believe in the whole globalist agenda shit, he is definitely, you know, somebody who's used to playing the part. And that is not good for the American people. It's good for them, but it's not good for us. So now to go into the more conspiratorial waters a little bit with the massive influx of undocumented migrants that have come through across the southern border in the last three years. We're looking at a number of around roughly six million people. The primary group of them are military-aged males. They are taking really long walks. They are coming here with itineraries and agendas. They know what cities they're going to. They, Well, I should say they know what states they're going to. In a lot of cases, I've seen a lot of footage of people at the border asking these guys as they're crossing, where are you going, where are you going, where are you going? And, you know, you get New York, New York, Florida, California, New York, California, Florida. Then they say a lot of states. I've never heard one of them say fucking Illinois. Everyone who says something related to Illinois is saying Chicago, specifically Chicago, not Illinois. So that makes you wonder. They're being told to go there by fucking somebody, whether it be family or whoever's paying for them to get there. And we come to find out that a lot of the so-called aid money that is supposed to be going to securing the border is actually being spent to provide buses and transportation on the opposite side of the border from the U.S. 
to assist the migrants in getting to the border so they can cross the border to subsequently be moved along to other parts of the country. So we have all these military-aged men that are undocumented workers that are being funneled into primarily deep blue sections of the country at a time when our domestic labor pool for the military is shrinking pretty much daily through being unqualified, unfit, or unwilling to serve in the military to the point where there's discussion that they may reinstitute a draft and where they are now debating that they may start instituting a draft for females as well as males, which makes perfect sense because we're talking about an administration that cannot actually tell you what a woman is. So since there's no difference between a man and a woman other than what you feel like at any given time, there's no reason they shouldn't have to serve too. So I guess that's a step for feminism, yay, equality. But at the same time, that that, that shit ain't going to fly either. So we're talking about recruitment is down. And so now you have the position where, and I've heard it's being kicked around, that they're going to start looking for pathways to start allowing these illegal aliens into military service. And via their military service, they will earn the right to become an expedited U.S. citizen, have all the voting privileges and everything else. So what you've got is you've got the left building an entirely new, loyal-to-them regime of non-documented migrants who are now militarily trained and funded and supplied without any sort of prior vetting before they are given access to all of this American hardware and training. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous to some people possibly, or maybe not. If you're listening to me, maybe you get it. But if you're, this is one of your first episodes and you now you're going to think I'm full of shit, so be it. There have been documented cases in places like Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California where groups of soldiers have made it into the U.S. military, gone through training, gone through basic, gone through boot, gotten themselves into positions that are actually working for fucking cartels and working for criminal organizations based out of Mexico and Central America that subsequently stole U.S. hardware in massive amounts and gave it back to the cartels and shipped it back across the border and abandoned their posts, left the military because their loyalty was never to the U.S. It was They were sent here as moles to get into position to get that training, get access to that equipment, and leave with it. And it's happened more than once. I've heard direct stories from people in the military at the time of it happening. Now, the people have told me these stories are all out now at this point. They're all retired military, former military. Um, you can't really say former Marines because a couple of them I know are Marines. And once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. And it was always stories about the Army losing their hardware, not the Marines. So, you know, I mean, maybe it's them, the branches liking to give each other a little bit of shit. But do I question that it actually happened? No, I don't. Because I've actually heard it from people that were involved in the investigation of some thefts out of California, out of a military base in California, where a couple of fucking gangbangers made it through boot, made it through basic, and left with a whole bunch of shit because they were just, they got in a truck and drove the fuck off the base with it. So the possibility that bad actors or, you know, sleeper cells of organizations that are openly hostile to our way of life have come across this border, you have literally massive groups of Jordanians and 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 uh, Ethiopians and other African nation uh, individuals, people that are not Central American and South American. They're not just walking here. They're getting a boat to go to Central America and then come north because it's an unsecured border and it's easier for them than trying to get in anywhere else on the fucking planet. And they're coming here with ill intent to do us harm. And 
unfortunately, well, I don't think it's unfortunately. That's a bad choice of work. But the police forces in civilian life, in the cities, in in the country, the sheriff's departments, I, I've said it before. I'm not one of the back the blue regardless individuals. I am not one of the all cops are bastards individuals. I treat cops pretty much as I treat everybody else. I give them a little more respect because their job requires them to put their lives in jeopardy every time they put on their uniform. But on the other hand, in the world we're living in today, I'm in jeopardy every time I leave the house. So, yeah, I I treat cops the way I treat everybody else, as fucking people, because that's what they are. At the end of the day, they're human beings, and they're as deserving of or non-deserving of respect and dignity as their behavior warrants, and that is fucking it. And I'm not going to be one of those people saying, oh, well, you know, you're saying that because you're a middle-aged white guy. I'm, you know what? I'm just as likely, statistically, I'm more likely to get shot by a cop. Statistically, I'm more likely to get my ass beat. But you know why it doesn't happen to me and why I'm not worried about it? Because I don't act like a jackass when I am interacting with an officer. And yes, it does happen. It has been known to happen more than once. Uh, by being a respectful and halfway decent human being, I have probably gotten away with some shit that would have gotten other people in a lot of trouble because they would have swung around playing this I'm the victim, woo, 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 you're not going to talk to me that fucking way bullshit instead of just going, look, I fucked up and I'm sorry. You caught me, you got me dead to rights, you'd be well within your rights to punish me, but I am not going to be a dickbag about it. I'm going to own what I did. And yeah, I was, I have no criminal record. I, I mean, other than a couple of minor fucking tickets. I, I don't have a criminal record. You know why? Because I don't act like a shithead and I'm not a fucking criminal. I'm not blaming the system. I'm not saying it's anybody else's fault. But anyway, that's not the rant I meant to get off on this point. What I meant to say is with all these potential bad actors and a lot of people out there will start, oh, you're being racist, you're being xenophobic, you're being this, you're being... No, I'm somebody who watches and pays attention Crime rates, contrary to what this administration is trying to say, are spiking, not declining. There are multiple violent acts of crime in Chicago every fucking day. And I'm not talking like one or two, like a strong arm robbery streak over the span of like two and a half hours, nine fucking robberies by the same crew of people. It's turning into the fucking Wild West in every deep blue city out there. Because the criminals have no fucking fear and the civilians have no fucking rights. And the people who live in these areas generally are of the mindset where they wouldn't be in, in the mindset of I should be defending myself to fucking begin with. Because that's not the policies they voted for and now the policies are biting them in the fucking ass. But I digress. Again, point being, crime is not going down the potential that a lot of shit is going to start popping off, particularly if a full-blown war breaks out in the Middle East and these sleeper cells that I am 110% convinced there are some here are activated. And these are people that are you know, trained in guerrilla tactics, trained in warfare, trained in making IEDs and shit like that, and they believe in terrorism as a viable way to get shit done. We're going to see some terrorist shit happening. Now, the International Global Day of Jihad, nothing happened. And honestly, I really didn't think anything was going to because you don't do a bunch of terrorist shit when people are expecting you to do terrorist shit. That's not how terrorist shit works. Terrorist shit works because it's unexpected. You don't see it coming. It's targets you don't suspect are going to be targets because that's how you create terror. That's how you if you're doing things in a way where it's like, oh, they're doing things when we expect, where we expect and to who we expect. 
then people just adjust to it and they don't do the things that will enable those expected actions. So there, that's terrorism doesn't work like that. Terrorism works in random bursts and all kinds of other shit. And for it to be effective, it can't be predictable. So, yeah, there's probably these cells in these deep blue cities. I Do I think that's where shit's going to start? Probably, because as a general rule, even terrorists have that basic human nature of, like, I don't want to go farther than I have to. I already came halfway around the fucking globe. I'm just going to blow some shit up here to start with, and then maybe I'll move out into the suburbs later. So, yeah, I do think things are like that. But anyway, the point I was going to say, the problem, the, the problem with the situation we have in this country right now is the police forces and the sheriff's departments and all the law enforcement agencies in this country, excluding the alphabet agencies, because I still believe they should all be disbanded because they do more harm than fucking good. Um, but all the local level legal authoritative figures, the people who are here to, the, the ones that are here to help you, the ones that are here to keep your piece of shit X from beating the fuck out of you yet again. The ones who are here to try and get the bad guy who robbed the fucking liquor store. The ones who are out there trying to get the drug dealers off the fucking streets so they're not poisoning our fucking kids with fentanyl. Those cops, the problem is they're reactionary. They're not going to stop crime. They're not preventative measures, partly because the criminals really don't have any fear of the cops at this point. They're not because the legal system doesn't work that way anymore. The punishment no longer fits the crime. The punishments are not deterrents. In a lot of places, particularly, again, the big blue cities where all the problems are fucking happening, the, the, judi- the judiciary does not back up the law enforcement arm of the law, and it's a revolving door. There is a guy in Chicago, I saw a headline this morning, he is out on his 12th felony he has multiple felony warrants in multiple states, and he was picked up again. And so the one they picked him up for was the 12th offense. And I'm not sure if they caught and released this guy this time or not. But Chicago has catch and release policies. They have a, a new police chief for the for the city of Chicago, and he issued a statement saying, I have my officers' backs, and I want my officers to be able to do their jobs. And it's like, yeah, you can have their backs until fucking Jesus shows up for round two. It's not going to make a lick of fucking difference if they pinch every criminal on the fucking street and they're back on the street within a fucking hour because the politicians and the fucking judiciary said, you know what? Yeah, we're not going to hold them unless we can really prove they're a fucking threat. And obviously they're not even doing that because the people that are a threat aren't getting fucking held either because they wouldn't be out on electronic monitoring for their third fucking gun crime in a city that has extremely strict gun laws. It's a fucking joke. And the police officers are not able to react appropriately. They're not able to enforce the law because the fucking judges and the politicians aren't letting them do their fucking jobs. And I'm sure part of this is the victim mentality of, oh, poor me, it's unfair that even though I did all these bad things. And you've got people like that fuckwit AOC who's like, oh, well, of course people are going to steal when their families are hungry. Yeah, I'm sure all those plasma TVs tasted delicious, you dumb fucking cunt. But I'm I'm, I'm sorry, that was that was harsh. That's unfair to cunts around the world to associate him with that stupid bitch. But anyway, so, yeah, when we have all these politicians making excuses and saying the the criminals are the actual fucking victims, it doesn't matter if you're supporting your officers because they're still going to have to deal with it. If anything, your officers are in a more dangerous fucking position because these criminals have no fear of the system. They have no fear that justice is going to be brought to them. They're just going to keep doing the fucking criminal shit. And you get all these, you know, super scholars and really, you know, 
wonderful people out there that I'm sure were on their way to church to go hug their fucking mama. They just happened to go and knock some old lady down and take her fucking purse on the way there on accident, you know, because they were just hungry. They needed a Snickers bar and they didn't have change for the fucking vending machine. So ultimately, I've said it before, I think we should all be well-versed in defense, self-defense, whether you're uncomfortable with a firearm, learn how to defend yourself, take some martial arts courses, maybe some weapons training with non-lethal variants. If that, if you're not comfortable with the idea, you might have to put a fucking slug in somebody. Go learn how to use a fucking collapsible baton. Buy some fucking bear spray. Don't buy pepper spray because pepper spray is very fucking unregulated moot point bullshit. And I mean, not that bear spray is super fucking regulated either, but Bear spray has a longer reach, it burns fucking hotter, and it's made with a gel so the wind won't blow it back in your fucking face. If you are going to buy pepper spray, make sure it's the gel kind. The gel kind may be the difference between you getting beaten, robbed, murdered, and raped, not necessarily in that order, and not because if you go to mace somebody with some of that aerosol shit and it blows back in your own face, you may have just blinded yourself so you can't identify the piece of shit who just stuck it up your butt and then took your wallet. But... In the aspect of defending yourself, there has been kind of some back and forth going on that last year a statement was issued saying that there the White House was trying to supersede the right to defend yourself and trying to make it much more expensive to actually do be able to practice with your firearms, particularly AR-15, you know, 5.56.223 caliber ammunition. Because uh, Lake City is a manufacturing plant where roughly 30% of the civilian market of that caliber of ammunition is made. It's manufactured, it's run by Winchester, but Lake City Ammo technically is owned by the U.S. government. And the way it works is Winchester operates the facility and then makes ammunition and sells the excess to the civilian market. Well, about a year ago... There was rumors going around that they were going to stop selling to the civilian markets in order to drive up the prices for ammunition. And at the time, they were like, oh, no, we're not doing that, and we're not doing that. And then recently, uh, let's see, the 16th, uh, Lake City canceled all its civilian contracts. 30% of 5.56.223 ammunition is no longer available on the market. Prices have gone up. I can tell you this as somebody, I went and bought ammunition today. Um, I would have done it sooner had I known this was coming, but like at the range store I went to, they had literally a couple of pallets of 5.56 stacked up there. Uh, Unfortunately, with the money I had available in my budget to go out and buy ammunition today, I couldn't afford to buy any to speak of because we're looking at like, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Uh, Let's see. I think it was, what was it? It was a 500 round case for $379, which was more than I had available in my discretionary spending budget this week. So, no, Aaron did not get to buy another 500 rounds of 5.56. I kind of wish I would have. It's just going to get more expensive. It's going to get worse. And it's just starting. There, there There is other issues going on with ammunition manufacturers pretty much across the board uh, in the U.S., there was an explosion at the Hornaday plant, which is one of the big manufacturers of, of various pistol calibers and rifle calibers of ammunition. That's going to put a huge damper on ammunition production, uh, particularly because the explosion itself was in the primer manufacturing facility. So the primers are pretty much universal. That's all the calibers. 
It's not like the nine millimeter machine blew up and nine is going to be kind of hard to find out. No, the primer the primer facility blew the fuck up. And then we have a, a company called Vista Outdoor. Now I'm sure you're probably not real familiar with the name, but uh, it's this conglomerate, and they uh, own they're like the parent company for Federal, uh, CCI, Heavy Shot, Remington, and Spear, which are all brands of ammunition. Now this business was recently sold to the Czechoslovak group, which is, uh, well, uh, again, foreign power. They, uh, they're, they're saying it's not going to be any real issues. They're saying the same CEO of the, the, the company is going to keep running things. Sporting and products division is going to have a strong heritage developing yada, 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 you know, basically saying that, yeah, nothing's going to change. They're going to keep churning out, you know, quality ammunition for every American, blah, 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 blah. But there's also the possibility that they are going to also stop their civilian contracts. Now, they haven't come out and said that at this point, but also you think it's really a good idea to have the uh, like 60 percent of the American manufacturing currently available in the country to be operated by foreign entities. I, I, I'm kind of color me a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a huge fan of that either. And, um, so it, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I'm sure ammunition is going to be getting way more fucking expensive, uh, unfortunately, and it's going to be what it is. I can tell you for a fact, the money I went out and spent today, I didn't get nearly as much ammunition as I would have gotten a few years ago. Uh, (laughs) I would have liked to have gotten a lot more than what I did, but it's, uh, it is what it is. You know, I mean, there was a time when you could go to Walmart and buy a case of shotgun shells for like 19 bucks. Now it's like more closer to the realm of like $10 for five slugs. It's, it's not, it's, it's not a good thing on the horizon here. We're looking at it's, I was looking at a box of 25 slugs was like 34 fucking dollars. So, yeah, we're not in nearly where we used to be in terms of these things. And we're looking at a time where we may be a lot more, it may be a lot more necessary that we're defending ourselves and the resources to do so are becoming more and more out of reach for, you know, people who are more worried about keeping their fucking lights on and keeping the fucking fridge filled with at least something that resembles nutritional food. And then you've got the company I spoke out about saying uh, how much I was in favor of these guys, Phoenix Ammunition, uh, based out of Michigan, very scrappy, veteran-owned, very much power to the people. I'm not going to say anything bad about these guys here, so if that's what you're waiting for, yeah, you're going to have to skip forward a few minutes. I have nothing bad to say about them because they have flat out stated they will not be selling ammunition to any government agencies. They will only sell to civilians. They are backordered as hell right now. They have been just inundated with tons and tons of orders. They're, they're looking at like around a week to two week lead time on all orders at this point. And I'm thrilled for them. I think that's great that they're getting that much business. They are working constantly. They're working weekends. They're working late hours. And they are still, it, I went to the website today to see if I could order some ammo and every caliber I need is out of stock. And, well, I'm thrilled for them. I'm kind of depressed for me, but they will be getting more of my money as soon as the things I have are back. As soon as the things I need are back in stock, they will be selling them to me, and that will be fan-friggin-tastic. Uh, that is a company I think everybody that is involved in the firearms world should be supporting. And if you're not involved in the firearms world and you're thinking about it, I'm going to 
beg you. It's, I mean, it's a hard time to do it, but do it the right fucking way. Go out, take a couple classes, learn how to properly handle the fucking gun. There is nothing worse than somebody who goes out, buys a gun on a whim, particularly when you get somebody who up until they decided to make this decision have been staunchly anti-gun and have no idea what they're fucking getting into. Those are the people that have accidental discharges the most. Those are people who have the biggest problems, people who don't know how to fucking act. That's why you get like the huge anti-gun liberal girl who goes out, bought herself a pistol, and like the day she bought it, wound up shooting somebody because she felt like she could. Had no respect for the weapon, had no knowledge of its capabilities. I'm shocked she didn't blow herself away in the process. They're not toys. They're fucking tools. I believe everyone needs to defend themselves, but I also believe you need to practice and be competent with your tools. You need to know how to maintain your fucking tools. Guns and ammunition, too, need to be properly stored. They need to be properly handled or they become dangerous. If you have a bunch of old bullets laying around because you inherited a fucking gun and they're all tarnished and the brass is all brown, do not fucking shoot them. They may blow up. They are unsafe. Unless you are in a desperate situation, you need to keep your ammo, you keep your powder dry. It's a saying. My uncle used to say it all the time when I was a kid, and it had more to do with when you were shooting like black powder guns where the powder was separate, but if it got damp, it wouldn't fucking fire. It's moisture is still the enemy of your guns and your ammunition. You need to keep your guns cleaned and well-oiled and in dry places. You can't be sticking one under the sink unless it's in a special container to keep it dry. If you're going to have a shower gun, make sure you have a shower gun container. It's not rocket science. It's common sense. And we need to bring common sense back to the fucking table. And, uh, okay, I'm, I'm pretty much ranted out at this point. So uh, at this point, we're going to put a pin in it. I'm going to say... I guess for now, that's what I had to say. Thanks for listening to another episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a rating. Go to IHadToSayItPodcast.com, sign up for the mailing list, interact with the show. Click the links, sign up for the Patreon, join the Discord, come and interact, be a part of the show, buy the merch, support your favorite creator, or support me. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Till next time.